Jim Gaffigan does a joke uh, that has a little bit to do with the feeding of the 5,000, but really about Jesus being able to miraculously produce bread. And if you know Jim Gaffigan at all, um, you know he does a lot of jokes about food. And so he, he really thinks this must be Jesus' best power, best exercise of his divinity, is that he can make bread out of nothing. And Jim Gaffigan says, what kind of bread do you think it was? He says it had to be garlic knots, right? If you could just, boom, garlic knots, you'd live your best life, right? Wasn't, wasn't Jesus doing this all the time? Garlic knots, great, right? Yeah, Jesus could do that. Like, that's decent theology from Jim Gaffigan. Boom, garlic knots. But that's not what we hear here. Do you think they even had garlic knots in the time of Jesus? He could have really wowed them. I'm going to introduce you to something you've never seen before. But we don't hear that. The reaction of the crowd is not, this is the best bread we've ever tasted in our life. It's not, this is amazing. This is a kind of bread. This is garlic knots. I have a feeling this miraculous bread was at the same time pretty ordinary bread. Because the review we get from the crowd through the words of Luke are they ate and were satisfied. Which is not what gets you a Michelin star. That's not the best bread I've ever tasted. This is not, boom, garlic knots. When you go to look up the reviews for a restaurant, if they all just said, well, at the end of the meal, I was satisfied, you'd be like, ah, we could probably find someplace better. I want to be wowed. I want to be amazed. The miracle wasn't quite enough for some people. It was for the people who were there. They ate and they were satisfied. But we look back on that and says, couldn't there have been something more? Couldn't it have been garlic knots? Now that would have been impressive. Feeding 5,000, fine. But if he had done it with garlic knots, then I would have believed. This is true of God's bread miracle in the Old Testament as well. As his people Israel are wandering through the desert, he provides them with food, miraculous bread every morning. A miracle right before their eyes. They go to bed, there's no bread. They wake up in the morning, manna. And God could have done the garlic knots thing then too. Every morning you wake up to garlic knots. Miraculous bread every day, 40 years wandering in the desert. And what's the reaction? What's the Yelp review of the people of God for this miracle? They got bored with it. It was just ordinary bread. It was miraculous bread, but it wasn't the best bread they'd ever tasted. In fact, at one point they say, let's go back to Egypt. Because the food was better there. God has led them out of slavery in Egypt. And provides miraculously bread for them each day. And yet, after a while, 
their reaction is, but the bread in Egypt was better. They had garlic knots there. It's not garlic, it's the onions. They complained about onions. We miss our onions in Egypt. Now we just have this miracle bread that shows up every morning. There's a little bit of a cognitive dissonance there, but this is the human experience. Even when God does something incredible, even when God works a miracle, because he is so good to us so frequently, we begin to take it for granted. The people in the wilderness, our ancestors, survived only because God provided them with that bread. Their survival was a very gift from God. But after a while, they complained. Couldn't it be a little bit better? Couldn't it be a little more dramatic? Now the people here, the 5,000 who were fed with the loaves and fishes, they certainly don't complain, but they do come later to Jesus in Capernaum and want him to do it again. That's what we read about in the Gospel of John. When he begins to tell them about a new kind of bread, the bread of life that comes down from heaven. He says, you came to me because you ate that bread and you want more, but I'm going to give you something different. And so he's given us the Eucharist. Miraculous bread. Not in its appearance, because someone had to make this bread. I think we order it from the Callahan Corporation, Kavanaugh. This is Kavanaugh brand bread. It's made in a factory somewhere, I think, on the East Coast. Someone made this bread. The bread is not miraculous. Someone made this wine. I actually don't know where it comes from. I think maybe California, right? Most wine comes from California. I haven't looked. I don't know. Someone made it. We bought it at a store. There's nothing miraculous about the bread and wine that comes up the aisle at Offertory. But Jesus indeed works a miracle with that bread. He transforms it, transubstantiates it. He changes it into his very flesh and blood. That's what St. Paul tells us today, that Jesus took very ordinary bread and ordinary wine, the same bread that they were eating for dinner and the same wine that they were drinking with supper. And by the power of his word, he said, this is my body, this is my blood. And they believed. He says the same thing each day using the voice of his ministers. This is my body. This is my blood. And we are here today because we believe that what he said is true. Though it seems quite ordinary to us. The same way that the miraculous bread in today's gospel, the same way that the manna seemed very ordinary to people. We're here this morning because we believe that what Jesus says is true and that what our senses fail to perceive, the very presence of Jesus is real, is true. 
that God feeds us each day and nourishes us, gives us what we need to be alive, not just in body, but in soul. Because just as it turns out that there's more to the bread and wine on the altar at communion than meets the eye, there's more to you and I than meets the eye as well. We're more than just our material existence, our biological stuff. Man does not live on bread alone. And what Jesus offers us today at this altar is not bread alone. It's something more. It's something supernatural. Or as the Gospels call it, super substantial. He offers us his very self under the disguise of bread and wine. And we, as people of faith, believe. The Feast of Corpus Christi, today's solemnity, invites us to reaffirm that belief that there's more to everything than meets the eye. You're not just a body, but a soul. You're not a mere mortal, but really a creature that will never die. And there's more on the altar than just bread and wine. Christians have understood this from the very beginning. That there's a disconnect between what our senses perceive and what's really true. We pray that in the Tantum Ergo when we do benediction of the Blessed Sacrament. Pray stet fides supplementum sensum defectui. Pray that faith might supply where the senses fail. When we approach the Lord in Holy Communion, we don't always sense the miracle that's present. Sometimes it just tastes like stale bread and mediocre wine. Sometimes we don't have a powerful experience of an encounter with the Lord that we can sense. The adrenaline doesn't always start pumping. We don't always start shaking with excitement or holy fear to be in the presence of the Lord. But God has been working miracles for his people for many centuries now. And we pray, just as the people of the gospel, just as our ancestors with the man in the desert, that we might not take for granted the miracle given to us at the altar. That we might not rely solely on what our senses experience. For as St. Justin Martyr said in the text quoted in the bulletin this weekend, we believe that the Eucharistic bread is no ordinary bread. We believe it, even though it doesn't seem to be so. And we believe that the blessed chalice is not ordinary wine, but the very blood of Jesus himself because of the power of his word. Today we come to renew our faith 
in things unseen. That just as Jesus appeared to be a mere man to so many, we believe him to be the Son of God as well. And just as the Eucharist appears to be ordinary food and drink to so many, we believe it to be the body and blood of our Lord. What a great gift we have in the Eucharist. Let's not give in to that temptation to want something more dramatic, more spectacular. You would not be better off today if I miraculously produced garlic knots for everyone. But I bet if I did do that, which I can't and won't, if I did do that, though, you'd go tell the whole world. Everyone you met today, everyone you met this week, you're going to say, you're not going to believe what happened at church on Sunday. Boom, garlic knots. But something much greater happens at church this Sunday. This is my body. This is my blood. Let us ask the Lord to increase our faith, and let us take that experience, that encounter of faith, and tell it to the whole world.